What's Daniel Jones like? He comes out of a quarterback uh, mold. Mm-hmm. If you're building a quarterback, it's him. You can't just expect to win every single game this league by running the football. Some games you're going to be able to do that. Um, and we've done that, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, to, to go to where we want to go, I think we're going to have to be able to move the ball by throwing the football. Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast with your hosts, Mike Wabshaw and Chris Corso. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode 11, as we get you ready for the Vikings game against the New York Giants. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw, inside TCO Studios in Egan, joined as always by Chris Corso. we got a big show coming up for you today. We're going to break down the Vikings' loss to Chicago, look ahead to the game against the New York Giants, and to do all of that, well, we're going to have two guests, Dan Solomon, who's a staff writer for the New York Giants. We're also going to check in with our friend Robbie from New York and see what's on his mind. It's a big Minnesota-New York week with the Vikings and Giants coming up, and then, of course, the Twins and the Yankees in a playoff series together to kick things off in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Chrissy, it's a big New York week, which means it's a big week for you because you're from New York. Yeah, it's uh, mixed emotions here. Obviously, rooting for our Vikings over everything. I actually grew up not rooting for the Giants, so there's no issues there Yeah, you love beating the Giants. It doesn't (laughs) matter who does it, right? Let's smack them. Yeah, you're a Jets guy. But uh, as I was arguing with Adam Thielen yesterday, Uh I got a root for my pinstripe okay. New York Yankees. I'm sorry, guys. Well, we're not going to hold that against that's you. That's the only thing. I'm, I'm, I'm all for us putting a spanking on the New York Giants this week. Though. Well, that's hopefully sure. that will happen, and that, that would be a nice um, cap to the weekend for Minnesota sports fans because it's Twins and Yankees twice before it's Vikings and Giants. The Twins and Yankees uh, kick things off on Friday from the concrete jungle in New York City. Twins and Yankees, Yankee Stadium. What do you think is going to happen? It's tough to uh, to overlook this Twins team. I mean, they have a lot of talent. They edged the Yankees in the home run battle, 307 home runs to 306, which was mm-hmm. funny to see. But, man, Nelson Cruz, it's amazing what he's doing for the Twins. 41 home runs. He's like 45 years old. It feels like yeah. he's been doing it forever. Um, him being an anchor in the middle of that Twins lineup, I'm afraid of him. Yeah. And I'm afraid of some of these bats in the lineup. Miguel Sano. I mean, he, can he, hit was, it, yeah. he was written off by a lot of Twins fans and comes back and hits 33 homers in yep. like a quarter of the games, I feel like, this year. So it's not going to be an easy uh, – it's it's not your 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 dad's Twins, right. as you, they would say. Yeah, your dad's Twins-Yankees thing where it was just a foregone conclusion. that it's, yeah. No, it is not. It's so going to be a good series. Okay, I think it's going to be a great series. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, we have banter going around um, with, the, with the staff here and everyone giving me, giving yeah. me some uh, – some crap. <laughs> are you going to go? I mean, I'm going to try to go in New York. Tickets are a little expensive, but I already confirmed I'm going to game three here in Minnesota. Nice. And yeah, I was giving Adam Thielen some some stuff yesterday, and I think he's going to try to make it to game right, three good. as well. He That's said good. only if the Vikings win, though. So okay. if the Vikings win on Sunday, you Minnesota fans can expect Adam Thielen to be at Target Field on Monday for game three. Awesome. All righty. Lots to get to today. We'll get to Dan Solomon in a moment uh, and Robbie, our friend from New York. We'll check in with the fan voice mailbox. We have a top five list for you, but first got to finish digesting this Vikings loss to the Chicago Bears. 
from last Sunday at Soldier Field in a game that um, featured two pretty stout defensive performances, Chris. I mean, the Vikings end up scoring just six points. The Bears didn't score a bunch either. They lost Mitchell Trubisky on the first series. Chase Daniel comes in, plays effectively, but the Bears only score one touchdown, had to settle for three field goals, only score 16 points, but it was enough to beat us 16-6 to in a game where we could not get Dalvin Cook going. We missed on a couple of big opportunities in the passing game in the first half and just could not get anything rolling after that. Yeah, it's tough to win a ball game when you literally get two possessions on offense in the entire first half. Yeah. I haven't seen that happen very often. One drive ends with Kirk Cousins just missing Adam Thielen on a deep ball that could have been seven points. If he hits that, it's a totally different game. Yep. The second drive in that half ends with with a perfect pass from Kirk on a slant to Stephon Diggs, and Stephon just happens to get um, knocked from the back, and the, and obviously we know what happened. The ball was fumbled. Those two drives, if if those two plays change, it's a totally different game. Yeah, and, and then it, and then Kirk gets the ball first drive in the in the second half. And he has no chance. Khalil Mack just comes and knocks the I ball know. out. So and then on, you know, early in the game, on the first possession, the Vikings force a fumble of Mitchell Trubisky on the play on which he's hurt. They recover it, but there's a defensive holding in the secondary. Um, so just a lot of weird things happen early on in, in that game, and it continued to be weird for the balance of the game, and we lose 16-6. to It wasn't good. We're 2-2. Two and two. Lots of talk in the locker room afterwards, and frust- you know, Coach Zimmer said frustration was mounting, and Adam Thielen was in the news a little bit, and he sat down with Kirk Cousins for this week's uh, episode of Under Center. I understand that was a good conversation that's out already. So lots of things to digest and move on from, and you got to do it quickly because you're getting ready for a New York Giants team that I'm sure any of your buddies back in New York, Chris, who are Giants fans, are pretty pumped up right now about the Giants because they went from Eli to rookie Daniel Jones, taken sixth overall in this year's draft, yep. and he's 2-0. Yeah, I just want to touch real quick on one thing that Adam Thielen said oh, yeah? from, from that episode. Adam acknowledged the emotion that he plays with, and he acknowledged that sometimes as a young player he would show that emotion on the sideline, but now he's trying to control that emotion because of the fact that it doesn't do any good for the team. So Adam is constantly thinking of any – he says he looks himself in the mirror after every game and picks out every single play and what he could do better. I mean – what more could you ask from mm-hmm. a guy who's just trying to literally do anything he can to help the team win, even when they're not, uh, even when he's not in the game plan? So I really recommend listening to that um, conversation between Cousins and Thielen. It's going to give you a little appreciation yeah. for them both because they're both trying to do this and they're trying to find the right balance on offense. And I think it's going to happen in this game against the Giants. Look, there are just some weeks in the NFL where you you have this game, you pl- you play this game, and either because of who it is slash when you played them or because of something that happened in the game maybe or the way you won or lost it, sometimes it just feels like, man, it just it feels like we just lost two games this week, you know, in one week. Or, oh, that was a huge win. It feels like we won twice this week. And I, this was one of those weeks where it felt like you lost two games, you know, just be, with how emotional it was, with how weird it was. And the fact that you already lost to Green Bay, yep. now you've lost to Chicago. Green Bay and Detroit lost this week, so it would have been a great week to win. It felt just a little heavier of a loss you know, than normal. And that's what's good about this team. Any loss that this team has, it's like the end of the world. Like They're, they're not just taking these losses lightly. Yeah. Like None of these guys are, and neither are the coaches. Clearly Coach Zimmer isn't. So I think 
remembering that team that went 13 and 3 a few years ago just remember that team started out 2 and 2 and yeah. then they rattled off a bunch of wins once they got it right yeah. and i think that this team has the potential to do that i still believe they have the potential to do that so we're going to see if we can start it off right in new york yeah that's right that that's going to be an important part of this game let's talk a little bit about this vikings and giants game chris we're going to have a guest coming up here in a minute but when you think about the new york giants you know, I, I think about, for me, it's Pat Shermer, who's their head coach, who's someone I was close to when he was here, obviously did a great job in his role with the Vikings and parlayed that into another opportunity to be a head coach. He was a head coach of the Cleveland Browns a number of years ago. Now he got an, a second chance to be a head coach. I think he's doing a good job in the situation he's in. Kind of tough right now because they don't have Saquon Barkley uh, and they have a rookie quarterback. So you're going to go through some natural growing pains when you're playing a rookie quarterback. But they've done it. They're, they've they've taken the, the early hits. Uh, they've moved on from the Eli Manning era into the Daniel Jones era, which is always a hard thing to do for a franchise. When you've got a guy who's been your guy for a long time, and this one won two Super Bowls, there's no easy way to transition away from him to the new guy. But the Giants have done it. Now they're off and running, and their guy is 2-0. and So, the New York Giants, what do you got? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is Daniel Jones can really move on his feet. And a lot of people look at him and see his stature, and they don't think that he's a fast guy. But you'll hear in our interview coming up with the Giants team reporter, this guy can run. So it's going to be a Mitchell Trubisky-like attack against this quarterback. Because, yeah. I mean, I think he, like you'll hear in the interview, he had a 70-yard rushing touchdown in college. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who can move. So he not only has a strong arm and can make a lot of the throws, but you're definitely going to want to watch what he does in the pocket because you're not expecting it out of a guy of, of his stature. Yeah. All right, well, um, our guest is ready, so let's bring in today's guest. It's Dan Salamone. He is a staff writer for the New York Giants. So you go to Vikings.com, you see a bunch of content from us. We have three staff writers here. Well, the Giants have a good crew of staff writers as well. One of them is Dan. You go to NewYorkGiants.com and, uh, and take in all of their content. Some of the stuff you see is from Dan. You can find Dan on Twitter if you want to follow the adversary and those who cover the adversary for the week to get all the information, you can follow Dan on Twitter at NYG Salomone. At NYG S A L O M O N E. Give him a follow. We welcome him into the Minnesota Vikings podcast right now. What's up, Dan? Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. Um, it's a big Minnesota New York week this week, man. We got Vikings Giants, of course, on Sunday, but we got Twins Yankees too. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you're you're busy out uh, in the Big Apple. That is, we got a lot, making it even more interesting. I actually grew up in Minnesota in Apple Valley, uh, right by you guys' new training facility. So, all kind of connections uh, over here. And we also played Case Keenum last week. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. We got all the connections. We, we got your emotions are all over the place, man. How do you yeah. handle it all, huh? I don't know. I got to keep it even keel, yeah. Dude, uh, your your head coach, who we know very well, he called the Minneapolis miracle the the Minneapolis miracle thingy. The thingy. What yeah, was up with that? That jumped, that jumped out to me. Yeah, when they were asking about Case Keenum and he was talking and he's reliving it, and he threw in the Minneapolis miracle thingy. Yeah. yeah so. Well, it was an exciting thingy, but uh, yeah, definitely a memorable one. I mean, now that's that's my man Pat Shermer trying to downplay something that was a little bit yeah, more than a exactly. thingy, right? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good yeah. at that, though. Yeah. And have you guys decided is it Minnesota miracle or Minneapolis miracle? We go mini. Like right? Yeah, we go Minneapolis miracle. Now it's a ver- miracle. as you know, this is a very provincial part of the country, so people yeah. take a lot of pride in 
you know, their territory. So it it's can sometimes sort of bother people who don't claim Minneapolis as their territory. They might be from St. Paul. They might be from yeah. Duluth. Or maybe they're from Fargo and they want it, you know, they, they want it to be a more regional thing, but it's it's the Minneapolis miracle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a better ring to it. Yeah. Um so I, I know you're you're probably not rooting for the Yankees. You're rooting for the Twins. I think that that's probably pretty clear, right? That's a safe bet. Okay. Yeah. Now I know maybe when you're not when the Giants aren't playing the Vikings, you might root for the Vikings every now and then, but you can't root for the Vikings this week. I just don't think you can do it. Can nah, no, nah. no root, no rooting interest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> uh, a lot of things to talk to you about, and I'm going to start at the at the top with the quarterback. Uh, you guys yeah. obviously make a switch from from Eli to rookie Daniel Jones, taking sixth overall. So we all know that. But tell us what we don't know about Daniel Jones. Let's say someone's listening; they didn't watch those first two games, or they didn't watch any of the Duke Blue Devils. What's Daniel Jones like? He is the Eli Manning clone. He is exactly everything you would want. He comes out of a quarterback uh, mold. Mm-hmm. I guess if you're building a quarterback, it's him. Um, I guess what people wouldn't know, he's a tremendous athlete. He was a great basketball player in high school, and that athleticism shows. Um, at college, he had 17 rushing touchdowns at Duke, even including like a 70-yarder, I think, last season. Um, so he brings that, that speed, and his and he couples that with his mind. He's a um, quick learner. He's also a fast thinker, is what Shermer um, likes to call him, and Shermer his post-game press press conference um after his second win in a row mm-hmm. um called him yeah said he was even smarter than he is so, yeah yeah things are <laughs> things are yeah trending in the right direction um so we'll see if he can make it a uh, three in a row okay now our radio analyst is pete bursich as you know dan and he does a film breakdown every single week so i was just in the room with with the editor building that thing and there's there's a lot of good stuff to watch for from Daniel Jones, but I'm going to pick on yeah. one thing that I saw. How about the hit that he took at Tampa Bay when he was scrambling around outside the pocket? You know which play I'm talking about? Yep, yeah, yeah. What what was said about that? Did Shermer or Daniel Jones say anything about that? Uh, not that one particularly. He okay. took a big hit in the preseason too. Yeah. Um, and they kind of joked about it. Uh, Daniel walked back to the huddle and he's like, "I think I'm going to take bigger <laughs> hits than that in the season." And I guess that was right with Tampa Bay. Yeah. But um, that's another thing that they loved um, about um, Dale Jones coming out was his toughness um, to get back up, much like Eli Manning never got back up after every hit he ever took. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a big, tough guy. He's got a good frame, uh, big, strong yeah. arm, can make all the yeah. throws. So there, it's yeah. been fun to watch him on tape uh, for for these last two games that he played against Tampa Bay and the Redskins. Um, no Saquon Barkley, so what's that mean for you guys? Yeah, that means uh, Wayne Gallman time. Um, he came in uh, last week. He made his, I believe it was his third or fourth career start, but obviously the first since um, um, since we drafted uh, Saquon Barkley. And, yeah, life behind Saquon Barkley can be a little challenging, but to his credit, he was ready. Saquon, before the game, as Gallman was getting taped up, said, you're going to go off in this game. Mm-hmm. And then Gallman was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, but now I have to to show up, and he did. He you know, got um, went over 100 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing, much like Saquon always does. So yep. it would be um, another Shermer saying he likes to say it takes a village. Um, yep. Particularly with uh, 
had to do that. Uh, Giants had to do that with their wide receivers this year, with all the situation there, but also obviously with the running backs now too. Right, and but you, but speaking of your receivers, you got Sterling Shepard. He looks good. He he was injured, mm-hmm. uh, you know, earlier in the or I guess in, in the late part of the preseason, but he looks good. And yeah, now he's Golden... dealing with a thumb injury. Okay, yeah, thumb injury. He's back and looks good. And Golden Tate's back for this game, right? Yep. Yeah, they just uh, he spoke for the first time yesterday um, the locker may return he's on the exempt list they have a week to kind of figure out uh, what to do with the other roster spot mm-hmm. but yeah so you get back a guy you know he's the nfl yards after catch leader since he was drafted in 2010 so wow um he said in the locker room yesterday you know whatever you know the giants are doing right now it's working so he doesn't really want to mess with that he just wants to add to it be a spark um and we'll see where it goes from there mm-hmm. Now, Dan, what about the uh, what about the Giants' defense? Obviously, all those years you have big names like Michael Strahan and Justin yeah. Tuck, and guys who you always remember wearing the blue and red. Um, it's a different defense now. There's you don't have all those big names that you had in the past. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. But hey, the, their past six quarters they have allowed six points, and the first ten quarters of the season they allowed I think ninety one or something like that. So. Since that second half of the Tampa game, they've kind of they've settled things down. They've kind of figured out how to use Jabril Preppers. They're kind of using three safeties. Um, they got the turnovers last week of four interceptions, um, uh, two from Jonas Jenkins had a nice uh, comeback game. So we'll see if they can keep it rolling against uh, Minnesota. Who's the leader of that defense? Obviously, there's a lot of young players. Um, I know Kirk Cousins, we have him do a radio show here um, during the week, and he referenced going against Janaris Jenkins, and what, and he sees um, a lot from him in the past. Is he kind of the leader of the team on defense? He is, but uh, the two defensive co-captains officially that were voted were uh, Alec Ogletree, the middle linebacker, uh, making all the calls. But he has been injured. He came out with a hamstring injury um, the week before in Tampa. Um, so he missed last week, and they're hoping to get him back this game. And then the Giants also signed uh, Antoine Pate this this offseason, who's um, yeah, been in the league 14 years or whatever he's going on. Um, so they're kind of the veterans in the group. But it's a, it's a big mixture of the young guys um, and some veterans to kind of bring them along. My last question I have a bunch. I grew up in New York, as you know, so it's funny mm-hmm. how we kind of have the the mixed roles. Yeah. I'm, I'm the bizarro Chris Corso, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you approve of – I have a bunch of friends who friggin' love Danny Dimes. Do you yeah. approve of that nickname for your starting quarterback? I know he doesn't like Danny. He doesn't like Danny. I'm not sure about the Dimes part. He's more of a DJ is what everybody calls him. <laughs> okay. But I, I think he's kind of accepted it. It's just once once something gets out there, you know, you, it's hard to stop. So I think he, he'll come accept it, I think. It's definitely stuck with the New York faithful, that's for sure. And we, Oh, yeah, yeah. Danny Dimes is everywhere. Everyone has uh, the T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, some bad Photoshop too, with like an actual dime in his face on it. Yeah. So, well, we hope that he we hope that he keeps his dimes in his in his pocket. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep yeah. the change. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, how about Pat Shermer? He he's a guy that we all know really well here, um, back in Minnesota, and obviously. Yeah. He, he, he started with us, as you know, Dan, as the tight ends coach, then was the interim offensive coordinator, then the full-time offensive coordinator, obviously did a great job with Case Keenum. We started 2-2 yeah. two and two in, in 2017 and, and lost a bunch of starters. Case Keenum steps in, and, and Shermer and that offense found a way to get it done. The Vikings go 13-3 and three for the season 
with Case Keenum starting a bunch of games. What have you thought of Pat Shermer? Yeah, from day one, the thing Gettleman said when he was interviewing him, he said midway through the interview process, he kind of wrote on the top of he went to the top of his notepad and just wrote, this guy's an adult, and it just means he's an absolute pro. Um, you know, there's no extra outside whatever. He's just a, a professional that's kind of permeated through, mm-hmm. I think, the building, and that's kind of set the tone for everybody from up on down, accountability for everyone. Um, and then also, from an XML standpoint, just trying to utilize the best talents of each player as opposed to trying to make his scheme work for players. He's trying to, you know, maximize the skills of the players to, um, for this game. Cool. All right, man, last one for me. The Minnesota Vikings, you've gotten prepared for this game. I'm sure you've watched some of our games back or at least looked at some mm-hmm. box scores. And, uh, and obviously you have an interest in the team. So uh, what's, what's one or two things maybe that you're, you're thinking about with this Vikings-Giants matchup as it, as it pertains to the Vikings? Yeah, I was just going through the stats. I think the big thing, so Vikings have scored 34 points off takeaways. I think that's the most in the NFL. Yep, that's right. And um, I think it accounts for 40% of the total points, which is it's a lot. So that's kind of make or break with the turnovers. The Giants have also turned it over 10 times this season. Um, which is pretty high in the league. Daniel Jones had two interceptions yesterday, and he lost two fumbles. Um, uh, sorry, on Sunday, and two fumbles uh, the week before that. So I think turnovers obviously a huge part, but especially with the Vikings. And then the other thing too, the Giants have gotten off to some good starts. They've scored every um, possession um, to start a game. Oh wow! Okay. Um, yes, they've had yeah, three touchdowns and a field goal. Um, so I think. Yeah, I think you'll know pretty early on to see how kind of feel it out that way. The problem is the Giants hit these second quarters where they were outscored by 37 points going into last week's game, but they were able to, you know, kind of steady the ship and carry on the performance throughout the whole game. All right, good stuff, Dan. As always, we appreciate your time. Looking forward to seeing you at the game on Sunday. All right, take it easy. Yep, no problem. Enjoy it. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. See you guys. Okay, let's. Um, since the Giants have Daniel Jones, who's a uh, a rookie quarterback, let's for our top five today, Chris. Let's scan the universe of young quarterbacks in the National Football League. And young quarterbacks, we're going to define with the help of producer Jane Nelson, who's helped us put uh, the pool of uh, of entries together. First or second year quarterbacks in the NFL, guys who are starting games right now top five quarterbacks in that group of first or second year guys okay i love this topic from jay nelson because this is a year in the nfl where the transition from these quarterbacks who have been around forever like drew Brees and eli manning and philip rivers and and uh just guys who have been there for so long Injuries have happened. Big Ben had an injury in Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of young quarterbacks who have been thrown into starting roles. So yeah. uh, I like my list. No, I, I like <laughs> my list too. Now, uh, disclosure here, I have a couple of quarterbacks not on my list who I, who I like, but they didn't make my list. Okay, So I actually think this is a, a pretty good pool of players. Like an example, Mason Rudolph is not on my list of the top five, but no. I, I think he's got a shot. I think he's a good player. I just watched him against the Bengals, and you know I, he's a guy who obviously had a lot of throws in college, coming from Oklahoma State, and, and they throw the ball a ton. And with Pittsburgh, they're not going to ask him to do that necessarily, at least not early on. But like I, I like Mason Rudolph. He's not on my list. So just because they're not on this list doesn't mean we don't like him. 
Uh, they just didn't make the top five. So let's go. I'm going to start with number five. For me is Kyler Murray. Now that's that's my number five. That's your number five also. That is okay. my number five. A lot to like with Kyler Murray. He's in an interesting situation in Arizona because it's a first-year head coach and it's a different brand of offense than what is traditional for the NFL. But I think Kyler Murray's got a lot of athleticism. There are some things you can you can ding him on. Um, maybe size. Maybe is he a system guy or not? All those things that are probably unfair to throw at a quarterback's feet in his first year and that Kyler Murray would scoff at. But he makes my top five and he comes in at number five. I agree. I have him at number five as well. He has all the intangibles. He's a winner, a winner from college, a Heisman winner as well. So, um, I mean, he could shut us both up and become the best player on this list. I yeah, really do could. believe that. But what I've seen so far, he's my number five yeah, as I well. I like him too. Okay, number four for me is a quarterback we've faced. I have Daniel Jones as my number four. Oh, he's number four for you, a quarterback we are going to face. Yeah. Okay. I don't have Daniel Jones at number four. I have Josh Allen coming in at number four, the Buffalo Bills quarterback who came into U.S. Bank Stadium and beat us silly uh, last year and um, hasn't played that well in every single game since, but has played well in a bunch of games and gave the New England Patriots a run for their money until he got, I think he got knocked out of that game, didn't he? He did. Um, he yeah. Big big helmet-to-helmet hit, so and he was knocked out. Hopefully he's okay, but I like what I see from Josh Allen. Big kid, can move, and has a big arm. I like Josh Allen. Is he in your top five? He is my number three. Okay, he's your, your number three. Great. Okay, but who's number four? Daniel Jones is number four for me. We've already touched on a little bit, and so has team reporter Dan Salomon. Um, I think he's a great player. I think he has more to offer right now than Kyler Murray. That's why he comes in at number four. Josh Allen is my number three because what I've seen from him so far this year, I just think he has a great arm. He can move on his feet, and he's a big-bodied quarterback. And I think, I mean, he has Buffalo at three and one right now. They're yep. playing really well, and yep. it's because of him. Yep. And and I mean, they ran into a buzzsaw, the New England Patriots. I mean, who, and they almost won that like, game. If, right. If, I mean, if he doesn't get knocked out, maybe they have a chance right. to win. So. All right. Uh, number three on my list. I'll just preface it by saying I've, I'm buying into the hype. Who do you think it is? I think your number three is Gardner Minshew. It is. <laughs> he's it not is. on my list. I he's not, huh? I left him off of my list with all these big name, high draft pick quarterbacks. It it hurt me. There's something I like about the guy. It hurt me to leave him off my list. There's some it factor he's got that I like. I am not one to be prisoner of the moment and buy into hype that everyone else builds up or buys into, but I'm I'm in on this one. Gardner Minshew, Jacksonville Jaguars, taking not not taking the league by storm. That's a little too strong, but I kind of like what I see from Gardner Minshew. I saw one play where he like deked a defensive lineman and found a way to like pretty much slip around him and throw a touchdown pass in the corner left corner of the end zone, and I was like, "Damn, this okay. guy, this guy's a player." He, he didn't make my list though. I don't I don't believe in the Uncle uh, Rico hype. Uh, okay, <laughs> now I think we got some fireworks coming up in our top fives. Yeah, because I can tell that either your number one or number two guy I don't have in my top five. And I think we're going to agree on on the other guy. So, so far for me, it's Kyler Murray. Both Chris and I have him at number five. I've got Josh Allen at four. Chris has Daniel Jones at four. I have Gardner Minshew at three. Chris has Josh Allen at number three. So here we go, number two. For me, it's Daniel Jones. It's Danny Dimes coming in at number two. You got to start a franchise right now, and you get Danny Dimes. I think you're in really good shape. We've talked about him enough on the podcast. Hopefully, he looks terrible on Sunday. But for now, I have Daniel Jones number two on my list. Number two on Chris's list is Lamar Jackson. Okay. He's my number two. He's played spectacular this year. He's shown that he can throw the deep ball, which I think was a big step for him. And obviously, we all know what he can do on his feet. 
He's my number two because my number one, I have just loved this guy coming out um, since he came out. I loved him in college. I'm, I'm a big believer in my number one. I won't say who he is yet. Let's well, <laughs> aren't you interested in this? Because you know who my number one is, right? Your number one's Lamar. Yeah, it's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, love that guy. Love everything about him. Did you see? I think it was after his week two or week three. They won the game, and Lamar had you know a great game. And Har- Jim Har- uh, John Harbaugh gave him the game ball, and like he made the the signal of like not bad for a running back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like just love that. Yep. Love his attitude. Yep. Um, self-deprecating, understated guy. Lamar Jackson is number one for me um, on this list. But I, your guy. Who do you think it is? I know who it is. Yeah, tell it's, me. It's Baker. It's Baker, man. He's not on my list. I'm a. I'm, Aren't you mad at me? I'm. I can't believe you. Like I said, I'm. I, I know he started out the season two and two. I. I. I get where you're coming from. I understand he hasn't had some of the best games this year, but Baker Mayfield, I think, has the potential to be an MVP someday. Ooh, I think okay. that he can really be the guy who finally brings a championship to Cleveland at some point. Hopefully never against the Minnesota Vikings, that's for for sure. Yeah. Um, but Baker Mayfield, for me, for some reason, I'm drawn to this guy. I think that he is a star. Yeah, all righty. In the making. And okay. you, you clearly don't think that. Well, I mean, I like him. Like, And th- that's why I, I pre-qualified every, this whole discussion by saying, I got a couple of guys on my list who I like and wouldn't mind, but they're just not on the list because I like others more. And I used Mason Rudolph as one of the examples. I didn't want to use Baker Mayfield as the example because Suspense. yeah, I knew that he was coming up and would be a, a focal point in the discussion. So I, I, wait, I'm fine with him. He's got a lot of ability and talent. If you're starting a roster tomorrow, mm-hmm. you're yeah. going to take Gardner Minshew over mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield. According to my list, yeah. Wow. I'm just... Bold. Well, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe I just made the list good for the podcast. Okay. Yeah. I, I like your boldness. Yeah, all right. Um, okay. <laughs> It's an emotional week. Lots of things are on the line this week. Vikings, Giants, Yankees, Twins. And, you know, it was a tough loss last week in Chicago, right? So we're going we're gonna to help to help the, the therapeutic process of getting over all of this and getting ready for all of this. We're going to welcome our friend from New York, Robbie Rosenhaus, back onto the show. What's up, Robbie? What's going on, guys? Coming to the Big Apple this week. Yeah, huh? we are. You ready for us? Let's go. I am. I'm absolutely ready. We've had some uh, we've had some interesting trips here the last couple of times we've uh, we've come through MetLife Stadium to play the Giants. The infamous Josh Freeman game, <laughs> your where favorite, he threw the ball fifty times for 190 yards. I think that's a uh, a yards per attempt of 3.8. That's approximately what my broad jump is. I think. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then the other two. The other two, I remember we returned a punt kick and an interception for a touchdown. The only time still in NFL history that's been done in a game. We won 24-21 as I think Paul Enger hit a 50-something yard field goal. We put up 150 yards of offense with Brad Johnson. He hit Jermaine Wiggins. My memory is photographic with these games because I attend everyone that's in New York. And then the other one, Eli threw four pick sixes, which was great. Greenway, Dwight Smith, Darren Sharper. That was great. And we hooked up 41-14. But then the Giants went on to go win the Super Bowl as they burned Eli Manning jerseys in the parking lot, which is still to this day ingrained in my brain. And then he goes on to win the Super Bowl and wins another one. So uh, we can only hope for one of those in Minnesota. Yeah, okay. So you just went through a lot of stuff right there, but you're missing the big story. The big big story? The big story is... It's Twins, Yankees, then Vikings, Giants. I mean, Minnesota is coming to New York for size this weekend. It is. Big time. 
Oh, yeah. It is mini apple versus the big apple. Yeah. It is walleye against bagels. That's what it walleye is. Walleye against bagels. <laughs> that, the thing I miss most when I'm here in Minnesota is the bagels. So And the seafood, yeah, obviously. Well, but Yeah, I mean, the bagels here, listen, water-boiled, egg, sesame, plain, everything, onion, garlic, I mean, anything you want here, they're great. <laughs> I mean, any bagel store. There's bagel stores all over the place. I mean, I live out on Long Island, which is where our defensive tackle, Shamar Stephan, is from. He's also from Long Island. I'm from and, Long Island. Uh, he'll, he'll, tell you, he'll tell you how good the bagels are out here. The best. The absolute best. I'm from Long Island. I grew up going to Bagel Boss. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you saw that video with the viral Bagel Boss guy? That's about four and a half miles away from where I live. And that guy, oh my goodness. I mean, he Rob, was all over the place. He was great. Robbie sent me. Robbie is the one who sent me the first Bagel Boss video. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean. Yeah. You know, I have I have friends I have friends that send me literally like thirty to forty bagels and I cut them in half and I freeze them in my freezer. Okay. All right. And I so I have I so I literally have bagels here in Minnesota because you can't find them anywhere. So but there's no way okay, I get it. You guys love y'all love your bagels. That's great. We're happy for you. But you you know that when you freeze it, it's now not as good as a fresh bagel from Minnesota. It's a frozen bagel. No, without a doubt. It's definitely not as good. But when I used to come back, as we've discussed on, on previous episodes, I went to University of Minnesota, I used to smuggle half dozen to a dozen bagels with me every time I would come back from break just so I would have them there for the next couple of weeks to keep my supplies up because, you know, to help me with the withdrawal. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're a smart man. You're, yeah. That, that's why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course. Can we, hey, Robbie, can we handle Daniel Jones and Pat Shermer and win this game? I think so. Um, you know, they've played some weak opponents. They were a 34-yard uh, missed field goal away from losing in Tampa. Uh, they played a ratty Redskins team last week. Keenum was atrocious, as we saw. Then Haskins came in, and you saw why Gruden didn't play him. He clearly wasn't ready. They only put up uh, three points in that game. So, I mean, they were, they were terrible. I know we only put up six against the Bears. But going from playing the Bears defense to going to playing the Giants defense is like going from all Madden to rookie. Especially <laughs> that the Giants have lost. No, especially since the Giants just lost that promising rookie linebacker from your state up there, Ryan Connolly, mm-hmm. who started at Wisconsin and uh, had a very productive first month for the Giants and had a great training camp for them. But as far as Daniel Jones goes, he's shown some good things. He's done some things on the run that's probably his best quality. He hasn't been completely accurate, but he's hit the throws when he's needed to. They have a... Um, a uh, bunch of receivers other than Sterling Shepard that are not, uh, n- not a lot of people know about, Fowler and uh, Latimer, a guy who's been around the league. So they're doing it kind of piece by piece on offense. Engram has been a monster in his third year. He's really taken that next step. If you saw that touchdown he scored in Tampa, he just sprinted away. We hope have, uh, Irv Smith Jr. can do that at some point where he can start to break away from defenses. But as far as the Giants offense goes, I don't see a lot that should worry us. Obviously, Saquon Barkley's out, so that helps a ton. I think if our defense, uh, you know, puts their nose to the grindstone this week in practice, gets out to a good start, does not allow a touchdown on the first drive, as long as we play from ahead, we should be okay. Okay. What do you think about the first four games? Uh, 
it's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, I, 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 I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, you know, uh, ignoring. I, I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and start going through. You know, bashing Kirk Cousins and bashing his numbers. I mean, everybody knows. You know what the guy has done under the lights, and and so be it. That's his resume for now. Can it change? Of course. But for for Viking fans out there to not have any faith in them, I get it because I've led with this team for you know over 25 years now, and I understand out there people out there are double, triple that in terms of age. But nobody has has uh, tracked this team every single day and has bled for this team more than I have over the last one. Nobody wants to see them succeed yes. more than I do. So, uh, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be texting you and PA after every game trying to break down, you know, what happened, good or bad, if I wasn't emotionally invested. Right. Uh, it's called I having keep, it's I called having playing. New York passion for your Minnesota team. That's what it is right there. Correct. <laughs> that, is, that is 100% correct. So I've seen some good. Clearly, uh, you know, everybody hyped up Dalvin Cook. And when he's healthy, he's obviously a great running back. But everybody also hyped up Bradbury, and in pass protection, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Our interior, even against backups the other night, uh, uh, was subpar in terms of pass protection. Uh, You know, you could do things against the Raiders and against the Falcons at home, but when you're on the road against a a really tough opponent, uh, I think you kind of have to match their intensity and... Uh, and their play, and they and they warm up to stuff on Sunday afternoon. But you know what? There's going to be a lot more chances this year. We go to Kansas City, not easy. To Dallas, not easy. To Detroit, not easy. To Seattle on a Monday night, where Cousins, I don't think, has won one game or hasn't won a game on Monday night, not easy. So schedule's going to provide a lot of opportunity for them to change the narrative. And right now, through four weeks, like I said, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ride. But there's no team with more than three wins in the NFC, and you know, it's there for the taking, for sure. Yeah, you're right. That's good. That's a good call. And Zim, Zim says the same thing. You know, it's it's a bummer to lose that game, but the good news is no one's running away from things in the NFC. So, um, you know, hopefully the Vikings can get back on track, Robbie. All right. So for folks who are coming out to New York for this this week and weekend, what get, give them something to do? They're going to go to the Yankees Twins game. They're going to go to the Vikings Giants game. What's something else they should do when they're out in New York? Give us something off the beaten path a little bit. Hmm. Mm, you caught me off a little off guard with this. I mean, I can always pivot to food. I mean, I can give you some food suggestions. That's, you know, that's that's easy to reel off the tongue. But in terms of things to do this weekend in New York, I mean, it's it's going to be a gorgeous, gorgeous weekend. Okay. It's supposed to be 65, 70 degrees. So get out, walk around. Um, up, up near Times Square, they just closed um, one of the streets to motor traffic, so it's just pedestrians. So nice. up there, you can walk around. So what I'd really recommend, I know it's kind of a touristy thing to do, but if you're making your first trip to New York, definitely go into Midtown, go into Times Square, see what's happening around there. Um, there's tons of, of, of shops and restaurants and things to do there. Uh, if you want to go down to Lower East Side and go down to Soho, you can see um, there's different, you know, kind of trendy shops and things like that if you want to go shopping a little, you know, bougie and, and things like that. So, um you know, New York is a very uh, it's a very uh, diverse place for sure. Um, I'm not sure about one specific thing I would tell you to do, but I would just say just get out and enjoy the city and uh, make sure you get a slice of pizza and, of course, get a bagel for breakfast. All right, great. Um, how's work going, dude? Everything's going good, man. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, settling into my role there as, as the producer of a uh, morning show in London, so I'm, I'm working overnights. So uh, it gives me a lot of time to stress out about the Vikings overnight when I'm sitting there in the studio and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and reading articles and, and listening to post games as I'm uh, 
you know, as I'm doing some post-show work and stuff like that that I have to catch up on. But, uh, no, everything's good, man. It's uh, it's good working in the, in, in the big city and um, – you know, and it's good to welcome the team here this week for sure. All right, looking forward to coming out there. Hopefully, we'll run into you and see you, and uh, and we'll chat more. But until then, enjoy the rest of the week. We always appreciate your time, Robbie. Take it easy, okay? Thanks, Thanks. Robbie. Thanks, guys. Anytime you want me on, I'm uh, I'm willing to come on. No problem. All right, see you, brother. Take care, guys. Okay, from our friend Robbie to some of our other friends who like to leave us voicemails. Chris, let's get to the fan voicemail box. Last week's topic, after watching the Bears and Vikings game, we asked everyone to call in. Let us know how they thought the NFC North standings would shake out at the end of the season. You have a quarter of the season as your sample size. Now you can project out to see what will happen the rest of the season. Let us know what you think is going to happen. And some fans did call in, in fact, and leave us voicemail. So let's get to them. Number one. Hello, my name is Andrew Driesbeck. I'm from Richmond, Kentucky. I think the Lions are playing really well, but at the same time, I think their offensive line is questionable. I think Matthew Stafford is going to get his hands full when he faces us, but also the Bears. Uh, I think the Bears' offense is in trouble, and I think that's going to stay in trouble throughout the year. Plus, we're facing uh, char- all of us are facing the Chargers and the Chiefs, uh, which are harder teams. Uh, so, overall, uh, I think in the standings-wise, it's going to be the Vikings uh, at number one. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting their record will be about 12 and four, 11 and five. I like the Packers to be next at around a nine and seven, a 10 and six ranking. Uh, I like the Bears to be at about a nine and seven, uh, eight and eight record. And I see the the Lions at about a seven and nine record at the end of the year. And I think the Packers will be, will be the wild card, the five seed going in, and the Vikings will be a two seed at least going into the playoffs. Skull Vikings. My man, Andrew. He's he's new to the voicemail box. Good he to is have, new. Good it's to good, have some new blood in there. Good to have a new caller and not just <laughs> some yeah. of the same So one. I hope Andrew's we, right. Yeah. There's only one thing I don't like about what Andrew said. Packers? Yeah, making the playoffs. Get yeah. him out of here. Yeah, get him out. in the playoffs. Get him right, out of here. We, we want one team from our division in the playoffs, and so we want it to be us. All right, voicemail number two. Hey, Wabi and Chris. This is Viking fan Aaron from Green Bay. Looking at how we think things are going to stack up the rest of the season, obviously a little disappointed by the effort put out, well, not the effort, but by the execution put out by by the Vikings in the fourth edition. But if you presuppose that the Vikings are in the toughest division in all of the NFL, which I think is almost inarguable, then you have to also presuppose that the Vikings have had one of the tougher starts to any schedule. So getting out two and two, even with some lackluster performances, is acceptable. With that in mind, I look at the coaching staff. I think we have the best coaching staff in the league. And I think that the Vikings are going to continue to progress. I look for them to be able to bounce back and go 4-0 in the second quarter. I think 2-2 two and two in the third quarter of the season, probably pretty reasonable given the opponents, the fact that most of the games are on the road. And then come down the stretch 3-1, and one, make them 11-5, and five, and that would make them at least, if not division champs, uh, certainly a wild card team. I think it's going to be a cluster at the top. I look for Vikings first, and Packers Bears are the two other wild cards. And the Lions are probably eight and eight. So brutally tough division this year, but a lot of fun to watch. Let's go, Mike. It's windy there in Green Bay. Yeah, it must be. Okay, <laughs> I think Aaron makes a good point that. Um, if the NFC North is the best division in football, which we think it is, or if it's not the best, it's probably the second best. And if two of your games have been on the road within that division, you had a tough start, you know, tough schedule to start the season. That's a good point. 
Now, hopefully Aaron is also right that the schedule softens up a bit, although that's not to insult the teams who are on said schedule. But for the Vikings, it's at the New York Giants, home to Philly, at the Lions, home to Washington on a short week. So, does not appear to be as tough of a run in the second quarter of the season as the first quarter of the season was, but we'll see how that shakes out. So far, Andrew and Aaron kind of sounding the same. Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit for their predicted NFC North standings. Obviously, that's an optimistic look, and it's the look we would want, but it's also what they think. Voicemail number three. Do you know who voicemail number three is? Let me guess. <laughs> it's my man, Van. Let's see what... No, I challenged him last week. You did. You challenged him. Did he come through? I, I haven't listened yet, so... Oh, okay. Jay's <laughs> smiling. Let's see. Howdy, Vikings Nation. It's Viking Van from Fort Worth, Texas again. The Vikings mouth of the South. Now, my cousin Polly from back out east is in town and has got something to say about our beloved Vikings. What up, son? It's Paulie Diamonds from Brooklyn. Benson has just seen no. Just flew in from LaGuardia. My cousin Dan told me the barbecue down here in Fort Worth is off the chain. Now, being that Corso is also from New York, I'm sure he also parks his car in the car park of not getting sugarcoat and things when they're awful. I'm not sure what the antics of today's game was, but Zimmer needs to start blowing our minds with better schemes and stop getting out coached by good teams. I'm about to pop off. R.D. was giving out first downs to Bears like it was Christmas, and they were Santa Claus. Kirk was moving around like a real Joey bag of donuts out there. He stands there just waiting for the warm embrace of the next sack. Enough already. He needs to start earning that money he got. I'm so mad hungry for a quarterback that can scramble. Case Keenan was lit at scrambling when our O-line was garbage. Now the Vikings had the jersey garbage. to play those Giants. I don't mean no disrespect, but I see things shaking out in NFC North as we do no better than second place. No playoffs for this crew this season. They'll be sitting on a stoop eating a hero during the playoffs. Regretfully, I have to say, I think Green Bay will win the North because that Rodgers is a good owner. That being said... <laughs> School Vikings, good earner. God bless. I'm hearing a little uh, Australian in there as well. I mean, it was New York. I mean, you got the word hero in there, which was really good. That's something that a lot of people don't know. A hero is a sub yeah. sandwich type thing. When I say that here, I get nailed. I heard a little Boston with the with the pack the cat yeah. thing, so that was a little bit Boston. That that wasn't so New York. <laughs> but I'll give you the points for the word hero, and I'll give you the points for Joey Bag Donuts. I, I didn't think someone from Texas would have the imagination to throw dude, that in there. I liked Earner. He said he's a, he said he said he was a good earner. Aaron Rodgers is a good earner. Too? I like yeah. That was good. Man. He's up for the challenge. That was that was good. I, we played it, so obviously we approved. I didn't hear it. Our producer, Jay Nelson, approved, and I wanted to be shocked as I heard on air what you were saying there, and, and I, I give you, I give you a, let's say, a 7.5 out of 10. That was pretty good. I liked it, man. Good effort, man. We got any more? Is that it? That is it. All right. We got a topic for next week. Okay, those are good. As long as they're good, we're going to ask you to keep them coming, and those were good. The phone number is 952-918-8438. 952-918-8438. Call us and leave us a voicemail. The topic for next week, New York fans are known for being unapologetically vocal and proud of it, right? They are. Okay. So you're not offended by that? I am not all at right. all. So, which fan base rubs you the wrong way and makes beating their squad that much sweeter because of their attitude? I could think of a few. <laughs> I could think of a few, too. And I got a feeling that who we play next week is going to factor into this for some people. But New York fans known for being unapologetically vocal and proud of it. 
which gets us to the topic. Which fan base rubs you the wrong way and causes you to love beating their team even more? Call us and let us know for next week's show. 952-918-8438. All right, Chris, that's it. I, I think we pretty much uh, we're ready to go, and I'm excited. I think this is going to be a big step for the Vikings to get their first road win of the season against a team that has a young quarterback, has a young, very young defense, and I think the Vikings are going to come back and really put a statement out at, out at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. So that's what I look forward to. I hope you're right. Uh, the Vikings will look to do that on Sunday. The game is noon central time. On Fox, Vikings, and Giants from MetLife Stadium. Of course, the game will be on the Vikings Radio Network, FM 100.3, the fan here locally. Make sure you check out the broadcast. The pregame show is hosted by Mike Musman. That begins at 10 a.m. Central Time, and then it's the boom at noon. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, Pete Bursich in the booth. I'll be between those two. We'll have Ben Lieber and Greg Coleman on the field bringing you the game from MetLife Stadium at noon. Other stuff for the week. Under Center with Kirk Cousins has dropped. Adam Thielen was the guest. Make sure you check that out. That's every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Of course, it's available in on-demand fashion as well. This was the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Our thanks to guest Dan Solomon for joining us today, as well as my friend Robbie Rosenhaus. Skull stories coming up later in the week as well. And then, of course, on Friday, it's Vikings final prep as we get you ready and get you all the final preparations for the game coming up on Sunday. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. On behalf of producer Jay Nelson and Chris Corso, this is Wabi signing off for now. Have a good rest of the week. Skull Vikings.